I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. How you doing, Blake? I'm good, mate. How are you, Stu? Not too bad. Not too bad. So today's episode has kind of come around in a in a, in a kind of strange way. We was we was planning on uh, doing the, the, the segment for one of our, our standard episodes where we have fight or flight, but the chat just was so good, it just rolled on, and it was like, right, well, look, I, I think this is a standalone episode in its own right, so it's basically a fight or flight special, really, right? Absolutely, and we've got an absolutely cracking fight to be doing that with. It is what me and Stu both said before this, we'll get onto that, but before this, both Stu and I said this was our favourite fight of all time. It is Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald at UFC 189. Uh, and it, it, it still is a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. But I don't know about you, Stu. I think re-watching it, I was expecting to be filled with this just, oh, just euphoria from the start. Or something, and actually rewatching it, it's not the fight that I had in my memory. It wasn't this start to finish, all out action slugfest. It has its amazing moments, but it's not what I thought. It, what what it was in my memory? See, I think there's a couple of things here. I mean, we'll go into that. I know we we, we talk about this with, with with the guest, which we will introduce shortly. Um, but in retrospect, thinking about what you've just said there. I think when you watch it live, you, you're kind of invested in you, who you want to win and you don't know what's yeah. happening. So you're, you're in it for every split second. Whereas in retrospect, when you watch it back, you know the outcome. You know where, you know where the fighters' careers have gone. So maybe that kind of passion and excitement is taken away from it second time round. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I think you're exactly right. And I think in a weird way, to me, it highlighted how much the sport has evolved in such a short period of time. Because this fight, to me, felt kind of more like... It was still had technical aspects to it, but it felt more like a bit of a, a slugfest, or it felt more like... Um, it was more a story of will and determination and who wants it more 
and in my opinion, far less technical than, say, the adesanya Gastelum fight that we've recently watched and the, the uh, Yuania Jacek uh, Zhang Weili fight. Both of those, I thought, were of a higher standard from a technical point of view. Um, but from a sheer passion drive and really seeing... So I think you said, Stu, that this fight was, was, was Rocky-esque, and, and I definitely feel that way. It was a tale of kind of um, just will, determination, passion, who wants it more, uh, and for that kind of storyline within the fight, it's still a fantastic watch, but it just, for me, lacked the technical aspects of the other fights that we've watched. Um, and so for those reasons, I think it's no longer my favourite all-time fight. Is it still yours? Um, it's up there. It's up there. Um, Olofsky, Travis, Bram fight, huge but I don't know. Oh. For me, I, I need to go back. For one of the future episodes, we need to give um, a, a guest, uh, Diego Sanchez and Gilbert Melendez, because that is one that, in my mind, was something spectacular. Uh, so I'd like to find an excuse to go back and, and watch that. But in regards to um, just how exciting Rory and Robbie was for a first-time viewer, we should introduce today's guest right absolutely uh so uh do you want to do the honors right well what i'll do uh blake is i'll give a little bit of backstory and whip it up into a frenzy and then you can run away with a glory and announce uh, today's guest yeah Sounds good to me. Okay. Well, I imagine that he sort of burst onto most people's radars with his ridiculously incredible performances shown uh, in the film This Is England and then continued to create what I personally think is, is the greatest television series is, series, is, series uh, ever, which is This Is England. Uh, and Hang on a minute. What, uh, so like nothing I've done is the... Is the greatest? Just no, I mean, you know, you you you, 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 you know, you're up there, but you know, just well, so I, I thought I would. I thought you had my back there, Stu. You were going to pick something of mine. Are you crying? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, it's brilliant. England is a fantastic and brilliant show. Absolutely, and I can't wait to see uh, his, uh, uh, what, what, what Tomo's doing now. Um, also with uh, This Is England co-star Michael Soccer as well, is uh, they're going to be in the incredible Alan McGee biopic uh, creation stories. I've, I've read the book, uh, I've been blessed to have interviewed Alan, and it's an incredible story. You know, we're, we're talking about the guy that's responsible for, you know, putting together the careers and, and breaking the careers of, you know, My Bloody Valentine, Primal Scream, Oasis, Teenage Fan Club. Oh, the list goes on and on and on. And, yeah, it's going to be an incredible film, and I can't wait to see that. Uh, Alan being played by uh, Ewan Bremner of Trainspotting fame as well. So it's an incredible cast. I can't wait to see that. So, today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's Fight or Flight special episode is with... Thomas Turgus. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves for Fight of Light! Hello and welcome to It's Fight and Flight. 
How are you doing, Blake? Yeah. Good. Oh, Blake, so I'm jumping straight oh, in. Just jump straight in. I'm straight in. I'm oh. at Blake's job already. Look at that. Well, to be fair, we should have already said how we're doing in previous times. No one cares how I'm doing. I think he's mistaken you for me is what's happened there, Tom. Hugh's <laughs> getting on a bit in age. That's exactly uh, what it is, mate. What's going on from one minute to the next <laughs> But Thomas Turkins, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, lads. It's uh, it's a it's a great pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're very really pleased to have you on, mate. And so I'm 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 a little bit curious. Like, how much, how good's your knowledge of of MMA, Tomo? I mean, I spoke to Blake before. Um, I mean, I I wouldn't say that I'm a huge MMA UFC fan. Um, I'm more of a boxing fan, more of football. Um, but I'm one of them. If there's a fight, if there's a fight going on, um, not so much nowadays because for obvious reasons with COVID. But if there's a fight going on, you know, if if McGregor's fighting or anything like that, you know, and there's a bit of a thing going on where my mates have a bit of a session, we you know we get together and and it's just really an excuse for me really to see the boys and just be part of it. Um, I like a little bet on them every now and then. But yeah, I'm not really. I wouldn't set an alarm for five a.m. to get up and watch a fight per se. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a big fan of hard work and, and having watched the fights that I have watched over the years and the fight that you two told me to watch. Um, I mean, you can tell the hard work that goes into the preparations for that. And I've got a few friends um, who are from Grimsby who, who, who are professional fighters. And um, yeah, I mean, the work and the dedication that goes into the sport is just incredible, really. Um, so yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I do like it, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way. I mean, I wouldn't pay a thousand pounds for a ticket to go to an event, let's say. But I would watch it if it was on. Yeah. And you, you talk about the dedication and witnessing your friends doing that. I mean, also co-star uh, and friend Andrew Shim has obviously been in the cage a few times, hasn't he? He has, and he's very good. And he's he's one of them that's very committed to something that he does. And um, I, I actually went to one of his fights. Is it K1? He's doing, yeah. yeah, so he did it. Yeah. yeah, so he did. He did it. He had a, a, a K1 fight. Mm-hmm. That sounded really yeah. silly, man. That's but he had a good K1 level. fight in um, in Leicester, um, and I went along to watch that. And obviously, Shim is a really good friend of mine, and he lost the fight sadly. Um, and I didn't realise how seriously they take it because after the fight, um, I went into the dressing room, and the first thing that I said to Andrew Shim was. Well, that was shit. I want my money back, and I've, ne- <laughs> I and I've never seen him look at me like he wants to <laughs> kick my face in the floor. So yeah, I learned the hard way. Um, but yeah, I know. I, I say, I know Shimmy's always been very committed in everything that he does, and yeah, I mean he's solid. He's solid. If there was one man that you wanted, you know, behind you in a bar fight, I think Shim would be the man. Probably one of the hardest kids I know, really. But he's one of the most gentle men you'll ever meet, as well. Like you, well, you'll know Stu. But yeah, he's a um, yeah, he's a committed he's committed to it. Wonderful. Correct. Yeah. So the fight we've asked you to watch: Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler, two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. before we, we start we... breaking it down. Oh. I mean, it was an incredible fight. It was. I mean, and and you know what, as well from watching not only this fight and fights before, because um, I'm a big fan of boxing. I, I really enjoy boxing. And, you know, when with MMA in the, uh, at the UFC in particular, there's a lot of groundwork, a lot, a lot goes on on the ground. And that's where I start to get a bit like, because I don't understand it. And I, I yeah. know that there's so much that goes into it. And, you know, like you guys who are obviously big fans of the UFC uh, and MMA, they, 
you know, when they go to the ground, the technicality of everything that's going on, you know, you can watch it and you can see the slippings of the arms and the elbows and, the, and everything that's going on. Whereas I'm just a bit like, oh, well, can you just get up and punch each other? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, the, the, the fight between them two, um, I mean, it was just a slugging match, wasn't it? Um, brilliant, yeah. brilliant fight. Brilliant fight. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I mean, I am obviously more of a, an MMA fan and there's some of the grappling exchanges that I find very exciting and the, the technical aspect of it is brilliant. But because, you know, I am just an armchair fan, effectively, there's a lot of aspects of that technical grappling that I still don't understand and I'm very reliant on the commentary yeah. before I can really go, oh, this person's trying this or, oh, they're open to this submission here or something like that. So, uh, but and there are moments, particularly with with some of the wrestling styles that we've seen from Khabib in the past, and now with with Makachev recently, this kind of the Dagestani Russian sambo style of wrestling, where uh, uh, particularly earlier on in Khabib's uh, career, before he started, Khabib's, really Khabib's the everything. guy who used to fight with bears. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, videos of him fighting bears. Yeah. Which are brilliant. I mean, but, um, yeah, who doesn't? I'm from Grimsby. We fight bears all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. But, um, but yeah, but that 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 aspect of 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 the wrestling, that sambo style, where they are really heavy and on top, I do at times still find that a little bit frustrating to watch because there's not enough action going on. It's it's brutal. It's very dominant. You can really respect the craft of it. But as a fan, it doesn't excite me. Mm. I would always much rather see a Lawler McDonald fight than yeah. Makachev laying on Dover like we saw the other week. And uh, so I, I think your opinion of uh, of MMA and, and some of the grappling, even some big fans of it would share that opinion, I think. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I watched a fight uh, not long ago. Um, it was Max Holloway and Qatar Kata. Kata, yes. Kata. See, that I was mean, amazing. That was incredible. That was like... I, I couldn't, and I, I and you know what? I guess it like the cockiness of Max Holloway when you know when he's oh. when he's just dancing around and and did he say to yeah. the refs or something like I'm the best boxer in the UFC or something yeah. along them lines? And I, I kind of like I think McGregor, I think Conor McGregor's sort of like arrogance. Sometimes I think, oh god, yeah. But I, and and I and I'm not really a massive fan of arrogance in sports anyway, but. I mean, the way he was doing that and just dodging the punches, I'm just thinking, Jesus, that's so yeah. impressive. There's a difference between arrogance when, and the trash talking and being in there and backing it up and just being aware of how brilliant you are, I think. You are, yeah. But I almost felt like it was a bit like... I almost felt sorry for, for Kate, 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 Kate... How do you pronounce it? So yeah. Kater. Uh, Calvin Cater, yeah. Calvin Cater. So I almost felt a bit sorry for him when Holloway sort of like dancing around him and just sort of like almost yeah. not paying attention to the fight itself. And I'm just a bit like, oh, God. But I guess if you are the... If you can do it, then you'll, you will do it, I guess, won't yeah. you? Well, I think also it's, it's actually in relation to... I think Calvin Cater in the lead-up to that fight said that he was the best boxer, like like traditional boxer in the UFC. And oh, wow. Daniel Cormier, who's one of the commentators and a former double champ in the UFC, he is very good friends with Max Holloway. And so I think Calvin Cater said that Daniel Cormier may have reiterated it earlier on in the week, in the fight week, that, you know, that's what Calvin Cater's saying. And so Max Holloway was almost shouting to his buddy, like, I'm the best boxer. Uh, the well, UFC. fair enough then. Fair enough. And he bought it on himself. He bought it and on I himself, think, didn't he? Yeah, and is something like also Calvin Cater said that, you know, like, 
Max Holloway, I think because Max Holloway may be slightly younger than him, even though Max Holloway's achieved a lot more. And I think he said, Max Holloway's like the freshman and I'm the senior. And also Max Holloway shouted something like, the freshman's come to play tonight. <laughs> so oh, like, giving you this in the fight week, then yeah, have it. And you're, you're lighting him up in, on the day. I mean, I, I also think that fight maybe could have been stopped early. I think Calvin Cater was taking a hell of a lot oh, of damage. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was fight. just like, I mean, just, just the accuracy of Holloway's punches and it's just how, how easy he made it look. It was, it was one of them that I just sort of stumbled across it. And then uh, I was texting one of my, my friends, Pete, who's a huge UFC fan. And I texted him just saying, are you watching this fight? And he was like, this is one of the best fights I've ever seen. Like, yeah. it was just, and it, it's just so luckily that I stumbled across that one amazing fight, you know, but yeah, yeah it's um, just, it's just incredible. It really is. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it myself. I tell you that for nothing, boys. I won't be able no, to do it. Well, if we're going to talk about, you know, fights that, saw ridiculous amounts of punishment being dished out, then I, I guess it makes sense that we, we start to talk about Robbie and, and Rory because fucking hell, it's oh. just ridiculous levels it a, of brutality. It was, right? it was a bloodbath, wasn't it? It was it was genuinely a bloodbath. And yeah. and you know what? It, it was it was incredible to see the turnaround. I mean the first round, I think Emily Emily said something on a on an earlier episode of the podcast that you know the first round can sometimes be a little bit not, not. I don't want to say boring, but you know they're, they're sort oh, of yeah. sizing, they're sort of sizing each other up. They're trying to find gaps. They're trying to figure out what's what. But I think the end of the end of round three, I think it was, um, when Lawler is getting pummeled. It's to the point where I'm thinking he's going to have to stop here soon. And then even to, to the beginning of the fourth round, um, when he comes out and just gets him again straight away, and he gets him up against the cage, and he's and you're thinking, God, this has got to stop. And then for him to turn that around to then finish the fight, I just think that it's just the heart that these guys have got is just incredible. It's ridiculous. Watching it back was really interesting for me as well because I remember that that fight, I, I, in my head, was a headliner of an event. But it actually wasn't. It was the co-main event to it McGregor versus the main event, that. Mendes. And wow. so that was the co-main event. Uh, then McGregor Mendes happened afterwards. Um but I, I was watching it, and in my head, because this for, forever has been like my favourite fight. Where if anyone ever said to me, "What's your favourite UFC fight?" I would have said, up until now, Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler, UFC 189. Um, but I have to say, watching it back, I think I, I don't know if I, you know, that whole thing you look back on things with rose-tinted glasses, and in my memory, this was a back and forth slugfest from start to finish. Yeah. But it's not. It's like the first round is exactly what you said. They're really feeling each other out. And even by the end of round two, I, I wrote a note going, I don't remember it being like this. Like, when does this get to that kind of legendary point that it is in my brain? I don't know how you felt, Stu, because this was your favourite fight as well, wasn't it? Yeah. For a long time? I I um I think in round two, I mean that like uh, you know to uh, to agree with both of you, it's like first round they're just sizing each other up and they're cautious because obviously whatever they've done in prep, they don't know what this fight is going to bring into the octagon when it happens, and and so there was a bit of standing out. But I could see in round two the faces were reddening, like Rory's yeah. face was yeah. really going red already before like anything was sort of split, and it was like the the shots were just were just brutal and both of them had, were throwing so quick as well and obviously Rory fights a bit more at range and his straight rights were just amazing but 
I think at the end of the second, I think Robbie broke his nose in the, at the end of the second. I think the nose mm. got broke in the yeah. second. And then I think even in the third, when Rory came out, he was like, he was fighting with his mouth open. So you could tell he was breathing through his mouth. So his nose, I mean, we'll get to the end, I suppose. But, oh, my God, like having your nose broke. Oh. I mean, even if you tap yourself on the nose, it... It really smarts, right? And your eyes water, don't they? And you know, when you're, when you're yeah. a kid, you get banged on the nose in front of all your mates and you're like, I'm not crying. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, and, and obviously it was just like, you, to, to then just have someone like Robbie Lawler continuously unloading on a broken nose, just it doesn't bear thinking about like... Because the they men- know as well, don't they? They know as a fighter, they know that... They, they'll think, right, well, I, I, I've done damage to his nose here, so I'm going for the nose. They know that they've weakened that spot, so that's where they're going for. They're going to yeah. try and cause maximum damage. And it's like you said, but even just the jabs, that the, you know, even just the, 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 I don't want to call it the warm-up round, but the first round where they're sort of sizing each other, even just the jabs and stuff, they're so accurate. And I'm thinking, if I got caught with one of them, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. That's it. I'm done. I'm finished. And it's just like they can just take that. But I guess they... They spend all day, every day in training, don't know, work, you know, sort of getting punched in the face for a living. It's incredible. I, th- I think that's the one thing you can't train, though. The, the heart that they have, that, that Rory has to keep going throughout the whole fight. Because as you say, Stu, I think really early on, his face was red in the air. Probably round two that maybe his, his nose broke. And he went on for two and a bit rounds after that. Yeah. Um, you can't teach that level of, of heart and drive and the want to be a champion. I mean, I've got like the quote from, from Rogan was just, I think at the end of, or was it maybe around round three where Rogan just went, Rory's face is a mask of blood. Like you could see more blood than face. It was just ridiculous how, how battered his face looked in that. And then the spray on all of the, uh, because it was coming from the nose, you could see, that, that canvas, that, that you could see a bit of blood behind Rory at the very start of the fight that happened from a previous fight. But after that, the entire canvas was just like something out of the tape modern. It well, was just it like spray two, or everything. I think it was at the beginning of the round three. Um, at the end of round two, at the beginning of round three, there's a, there's a shot of Rory and he stands up and blood is genuinely pouring out of his nose it's genuinely like a stream of blood and it's just like 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 was just saying the heart and the, and, and the and the desire to win and to want to be the best to go through that is just it's, it's maximum passion isn't it it's just you don't get much you know it's, it's just incredible and I think that's when his corner says don't clear your nose because so many boxers yeah. and fighters then blow and then that's when you see the eyes shut because it just feels and it's like it oh. just oh it's just because obviously if you've got a full nose, your instant thing to do is to, you know, yeah. clear your nose and like, you see, and obviously he was like, don't, don't clear your nose, don't clear your nose. And to just the thought that, you know, you're going to, you're gassed anyway, you know, you've had everything and then you're standing there and you can't breathe properly and you're about to go out there and get more of that. Oh, oh it's just ridiculous. But it's I think in that... No, I was going to say, it clearly takes that. They're just on that point. It clearly takes a lot of determination to do it because we saw it recently where Cowboy Cerrone did clear his nose against Tony Ferguson. He had his nose broke and he cleared it, and his eye just swelled up so quickly and immediately he couldn't see out of it. Wow. And the ref had to stop the fight. 
so that again that kind of the 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 mental strength and awareness to have to go my nose is broken not only am i going to carry on fighting but also i'm very aware that if i do the thing that i really want to do which is clear my nose the fight might be stopped the fight could be over my eyes going to blow up and i won't be able to see properly that in itself also is just an amazing feat of kind of mental strength and physical toughness as well what I was thinking, and, and and I did say to myself, is, you know, when in between rounds, and it's the same with boxing, I assume, but you know when the coach is saying to him, you need to get round him, you need to do this and you need to do that. I'm thinking if I put myself in that situation where there's a man that's trying to kick my head in, am I going to be able to think about what I'm being told by the coach? Or are you just going to... I wonder how much they take on board from from what their coaches are saying in between the rounds, or whether they just go well, I've made it this far, so can I just keep doing what I'm doing and make it to the end of the fight? Or do, do they 100% listen to what the coaches are saying? But like what you're just saying about blowing your nose, because if someone tells you not to do something that your instincts are telling you to do, it's difficult to, to not do. Do you know what I mean? That's a fantastic question. And the next time that we talk to a, a fighter, which will be very soon, I think I'm going to ask that exact question because, I mean, I'm not qualified to, to answer that at all. I, I think that must be so difficult to take on that instructions. And I think that's down to the coaches as well to make sure they have the awareness of their fighter, not over-instruct and overload them with information, that's but also to uh, to make sure they get concisely what they do need to do in there, particularly if the fight's not going their way. I think that must be an amazing skill for a coach uh, to do and also the, the, for the fighter to be able to really take, take that forward. Because it's, it, I guess it's similar in a similar aspect. If you if you take football, for instance, if you're if you notice that your left midfielder is is making good runs and he's making trouble for the right back, you can say at half time, right? Make sure you give the ball to this to the left midfielder, and then he can cause trouble for the right for, for the right backs, and we, we can cut in that way. And it's like, how are you then? All of the players then are thinking, right? I need to get it to this left midfielder, or or I can just go right and I might be able to get around this way and we might be able to do it that way. And so it's like, how much do you take on board from what your coach is saying? And is that strategy right also? Do you know what I mean? It's Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how much they actually take on board from what the coaches are saying in, in any sport, I guess. Well, we, we spoke to um, uh, uh, a, a Cage Warriors uh, fight called Paddy the Baddy Pimlet um, last week. And, and I asked him, like, when you're actually fighting... And there's, you know, he, he's ridiculously popular in Liverpool in his hometown. And so sells out, you know, the arena in Liverpool. And they go mad for him. And I was like, can you hear your coach's instructions throughout the fight? Because they're he, always shouting as well, aren't they? They're always yeah. shouting. And he was saying, look, you do tune in to certain voices. He said, like, literally in the middle of the fight, he said, I can always hear my coach. And he said, and I can always hear... Come on, Patrick. He said, I can hear my dad in the oh, audience. And, like, and he said he can hear his missus like, screaming at him as well. Uh, and I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, in an arena full of thousands of people, you can still hear the voices that, that you know, you tune yourself into. So in regards to, like, you know, taking on board information in between rounds, didn't go there. But, yeah, I just thought it was interesting in regards to kind of having instructions thrown at you in the middle of it. Sometimes the coaches' voices, you know, they, they tune into it, and it does it does find its way through. Off, well, it was pretty interesting wow, when you told me that. I wonder if the sport has changed any, because obviously uh, 
elite sports have been able to go ahead without fans. And I wonder if the, the standard has changed, dropped or improved throughout not having fans there. Because I guess if you're just trying to put it into context, if you've got so many people screaming, go on, go on, play, go on, it gives you that extra, oh, drive, I've got people here, and it gives you that extra adrenaline. And I wonder if the standard has dropped, say, improved or 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 not with not having fans there, you know? I wonder if that's made a bit of a difference. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I've heard a couple of different fighters talk about it. I, I think it seems to depend on the fighters. Some fighters really thrive off of a Darren Till, who's he's the Liverpool guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's very much like he's got such a strong fan base. I think it's the same with Liverpool in, in general. Liverpool have got such a yeah. good supportive network of people, whether it be musicians, actors, you know, they all stick together and really get behind their own, don't they? So I think pe- people maybe yeah. like for Darren Till, maybe it might be it might maybe affect him, or I don't know. I think it depends uh, on, on their mindset because I think some people really thrive off it. Other people think it's added pressure. Like there's a theory that Conor McGregor. One of one, I mean, there's so many factors and you can't take away at all from what Dustin Poirier did in that rematch. But a lot of people were saying that with that fight week, the fact that there was no real fans at the press conference, there was no fans leading up to the fight, then they get into the arena and there's no real fans in there. I think there was maybe 2,000 fans. Like it, there was hardly anyone in comparison to what there would be for your normal average Connor fight. And everyone was saying in the lead up to that fight, this is only going to benefit Dustin Poirier because Connor has a, a history of defeating fighters before they get to the octagon. Yeah, Using the crowd, so, yeah. the crowd, the crowd get on top of the opposing fighter. The Irish fans love him so much and they'll be on that fighter. Then they go down to the ring. You hear the ole ole's, which you actually heard in this fight as well. The, the Irish fans giving it the ole ole's early on in the, in the McDonald Lawler fight. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think it will definitely play a part for some. But then some fighters, I think, uh, they say there's some fighters that are amazing in the gym and then it gets to the big night under the big lights 
and they never perform as well. And I suppose with less of a crowd, uh, no audience watching them, they might feel like it's more like a sparring session and be more comfortable. So it really depends on, on the mentality of the individual fighter, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like you're just saying, because Conor McGregor's got such a, a passionate fan base. I mean, I think it's probably... McGregor was probably the only reason that I started... The, probably the first UFC fight I ever watched was a McGregor fight. And he's, because he's got that, everyone's talking about him. Everyone's going, oh, McGregor. Yeah. And he's got such a, like you said, he defeats people before he even gets into the, into the, the octagon. He's a, he's so like, he's, he's just so strong upstairs, isn't he? And he's so, he believes in what he's saying so much. It's kind of like, yeah, I just think the fan base that that guy's got, it's just incredible. Do you think he changed UFC? You think he's, he, he he helped make the UFC what it is now today. Yeah, without Conor McGregor, you, it's not as popular. Uh, with, without Conor McGregor, it's definitely drawn so many more eyes to the sport. I think journalists. I mean, I've, I think I've even heard either other journalists or Dana White himself say that when it's a McGregor fight week, journalists from all sorts of publications come and take part in, in the fight week and are yeah. asking fight questions and are getting involved in the stories. And on your regular fight week, all you've got is the traditional MMA journalists. And as much as maybe some purists will dislike Connor and certain aspects and things of what he's done, and, and maybe even some of them, because there's a slight thing with the MMA community that they go, oh, you're just a Connor fan, or you're like, you've only got here since Connor's been here, and it's all that. But at the end of the day, if Connor's bringing more eyes to the sport and he's bringing more fans to the sport that will stick around once he's gone, that's only ever going to benefit the benefit. sport itself and the fighters in terms of fighter pay, pay-per-view money, sponsorship deals, all of that stuff yeah, will, so much for the sport. has only improved because of Connor McGregor. Yeah. 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 I heard one of the, in one of the press conferences with McGregor and he said, uh, he said, I've taken you from a 50K fighter to a £5 million fighter or something like that. Yeah. And I just think, because his arrogance is just like... But like we were saying before, he he's... he's is he the, I'm right in thinking he's the most successful UFC fighter. Has he won more than anybody in terms else? Of, no, in terms of money, he's the most successful UFC fighter. In terms of fame and probably followers on social media, he's the most successful UFC fighter. But in terms of achievements in the cage he's very good and he's achieved some great things but there's I, I could probably reel off five off the top of my head right now that you would say have achieved more than Conor McGregor in the cage in terms of their records and and title defenses and and who's like in, in terms of a the MMA conversation Conor McGregor uh, He's never seen as like the greatest of all time alongside like the John Jones, GSP, uh, um, Anderson Silvers and uh, uh, Amanda Nunes now as well. You, know, you would never really put Connor in that category. However, he's done some phenomenal things and he definitely has changed the game. Yeah. Yeah. Two weight world champion as well. Was, 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 that's an achievement, yeah. right? Oh, you know, yeah. And he was the first to ever do that as well and he paved the way for other fighters to do it but then you would have to say there's a caveat of he never defended either of those titles so mm. you know there's there's that as well but it's but it's definitely it's one of those interesting conversations that you hear all the time but i would say that the hardcore mma fans 
always get quite why you see them on Twitter get very wound up when people start throwing Connor's name into that conversation he's very much you love him or hate him McGregor and he? he's got that sort of I think so and that's why you want to watch him, Tomo, because you either yeah. want to watch him win or you want to see him get, get his ass kicked. And, like, <laughs> I tell, and that, that, that's it. I tell you what, though, I, I, I did wake up early to watch the um, McGregor Mayweather the, uh, when, he, when he went to the boxing ring. And yeah. oh, that was just in, that's just mental. Like, I, I actually can't believe that that managed to, they managed to pull that off. It's just yeah. like, yeah. And, and I mean, fair shits to him for getting in the ring with arguably the best boxer of all time. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it would be... Imagine if it was the other way around. Imagine if Mayweather came to the Octagon. I mean, that would be a mess, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, that, that would never, be a different game. just never yeah, it, it, No, it, it, no. there are too many other facets to the game. I mean, as soon as you've got a boxing stance, if, if someone's allowed to kick your leg, you're in trouble. And then if they put you on your back, what do you do? There's just, there's just too many factors. Like, But then having said that, any UFC fighter that goes over or, or MMA fighter that goes over to, to boxing and faces a really high level boxer in boxing rules is probably going to get beat as well. It's, it's, mm. they're, they're, they're just different sports, you know. Yeah. It's, it's cricket and baseball, it's different. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I'd say a fair play to him. I mean, the amount of money that them two made from that fight is oh. you know, it's ridiculous. Sick. Yeah, nearly as much as Blake earned for the in-betweeners, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> oh, that would, I wish that was true so much. <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know, you, what you say about Conor going over, I mean, we'd never have thought we would have seen, like, you know, the biggest superstar in MMA go and fight the biggest superstar in boxing. That that was bananas. But that, again, like, you know, to, to not to want to keep, Passing more accolades on to Connor because you know he's 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 had enough of that. But he did then pave the way for so many UFC fighters and MMA fighters to now start boxing. You know we're seeing like yeah. MVP fighting for you know fighting under David Hay now as, you know as a boxer as well. He's boxing and we're seeing uh, you know former UFC you know and and uh, like superstar Ben Askren is now probably going to earn more money fighting. Yeah. Uh, what's the YouTuber called? Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, ben, uh, crazy, right? Imagine I'm being so Jake not Paul interested in calling that Conor McGregor out. Oh, my God. What an idiot, man. That's incredible. Uh, Honestly. Imagine if McGregor had just turned around and gone, yeah, all right, come on then. Yeah, that would have just been, oh, I'd, I'd get up at 5am to watch that. That I would be up at 5am and I would pay £100 for a ticket for. Well, I just want to sort of pull back onto the, 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 the Rory fight because there's just a bit, we'll get to the last round, but for me, the moment is at the end of the fourth yeah. when basically the bell goes and they stop and neither of them fuck off and they just, Robbie spits his literally a mouthful of blood on the floor and then just stares at him and Rory don't back off, and they just stand there. And I've never seen that before in UFC. And it was just a no. You just think both of these are fucking lunatics. And like, especially because the, the commentators spoke at the beginning and they said that there's a massive amount of respect between the, the, the pair of them. Mm. And it's like you must you must be so lost in the moment to to then lose that respect. Because I assume that quite a, quite a few of the fighters are, are probably really good friends. And it's mm. you know you've got then you've then got to get in the ring and and essentially hurt someone so much that they can't 
function anymore. And it's like, like you said, that that sort of all 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 respect goes out of the window then. Because I, I remember I, having just watched a fight this morning. I remember seeing them two do that, and I thought, God, they must be so riled up. And and everything's just gone out of the window now, and they're just so that they're, they're at war, aren't they? They're 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 at battle with each other. I, I think so. I, I think that's exactly such a poignant moment in the fight, Stu. Because for me, I'd go even further as to say that's when Robbie won the fight and when Rory lost the fight. Because for me, Robbie, after round three, nearly getting finished, the start of round four. Could you know, not far off from being finished. Then he comes yeah. back, and the momentum seems to have shifted back towards Robbie a bit more at the end of that fourth round. And as you say, he spits on the floor and he squares up towards him. And I feel like Rory was about to walk back to the cage, and he looked at Robbie, and so and he felt like it's I have to stand here and show determination. But Robbie's was real. Robbie's was like. I'm showing you I'm going nowhere. Right now, we're at war before we even come back out for round five. And I'm telling you right now, I'm here. I'm going nowhere. You've had your best moment in the fight and there's no way you're getting rid of me in this fight. And Rory, I felt, looked slightly deflated. Just as a little bit of him, I thought just crumbled and went, my chance to finish you is gone. And yeah, yeah and I really feel like that's the moment because round five doesn't last very long. And and in that break, Robbie's corner is going, he's broken, finish him. He's broken. This is your time. This is the most important five minutes of your life now. He is a broken man. Go and finish him. And, oh, mate, it's just, it doesn't make me think about one of the, one of the, two things I want to sort of mention here. Firstly, when Rogan mentions that, I think when Robbie was fighting in the UFC for the first time, Rory McDonald was 10 years old. Like, so I think Robbie had been fighting for 15 years at this point. Yeah. And, like, and, and Rory as well was the first fighter that, that people were saying, Tomo, was the first fully rounded fighter to come into the UFC rather than he was a boxer that learned jiu-jitsu or he was a wrestler that learned to box. He was one of the first that come through with an all-round skill set, trained as a mixed martial artist. And they were saying he was like the, you know, the real front runner and the success story of the first, you know, MMA fighter. But the thing I want to ask you, Tomo, one round in, who did you want to win? Um... I don't, I don't know really, because like I say, with the first round, it was very much like it was just a, it was just, it was just sizing each other up. I mean, there wasn't a point in the fight where I thought, oh, I want someone specific to win until when, um, when Lawler is is taking his beat down, when when Rory's all over him. At that point. I, I wanted Rory to win because because obviously Lawler had been all over him for the first couple of rounds and then they, he then he then found that heart and that passion to then give him a good bit a bit of a hiding and that's when I wanted him to win but then also but when when it then turned around and Lawler like we said he found he found it and and like Blake just said before he uh, sort of passed out on the only opportunity he was going to get to finish him then I was sort of like oh god the passion from him's now made me want him to win so it was like it was sort of a bit of roller coaster roller coaster of emotions really because yeah I guess it was kind of like I I, I like to see people who are digging deep you know there's nothing better than 
you know, when Watford um, saved the penalty a couple of years ago and then took the ball up the other end and got promoted. I think they got promoted or won the cup. But that, that sort of, that passion where you, you think someone's down and out and then they get up and then they're then fighting for it more than ever. So that, that sort of, that, at that point, that's where I just sort of, I was back in Rory at first and then I then turned it round to, um, to Lawler. So yeah, it's a bit, a bit of both really. It's, it's the Rocky film, isn't it? It is the yeah. whole Rocky yeah. thing. Yeah, pretty much. Or the, you know, the, the Tyson Fury. Of a Rocky. Or the Tyson Fury getting up off the floor. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, that, I don't know what that was. That was just I, something. I genuinely thought someone had shot him. Yeah. I thought he'd been shot. Because he's just out. He's just out. And then, it, yeah. I mean, some of the memes that are going around of that have been. Oh. Well, some of yeah. the, I think there's one called No Context Tyson Fury on Instagram, and it's just some of the things that people come up with are just incredible. <laughs> and well, well, let's touch on the last round. And I mean, it, it, it was short lived, but for me, I just think it was just Rory's nose. Oh, it, you could oh. see. You could see. He, he, he was, he's like he went. He went from man to boy, didn't he? He just he put his hands over his face, and even I, I said to myself, when it hit him, hit him on the nose, you could see straight away that that was it for him. And then he went down yeah. to the floor with his hands over his head, and then Lawless just jumps. I guess that's what they do until the ref stops. Yeah. Got to go for it. But yeah. I remember thinking, oh, just leave him alone. He's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, that that moment where you you can see that it's like it's not the blow that's put him down. It's just that there's nothing left to give. Got nothing. There's a real sadness to it actually because that's the type of fight. Obviously, you don't want anyone to take more damage than than they have to take, and nothing long term and all that kind of stuff. But it's, just, it's slightly sad in a way that it couldn't finish on like a decision because. Both of them deserve to make it through the entirety of, of that fight, and both stand there. And but you could just tell that like it was like a it was like a jab or something. And then it was like he thinks about it for a split second and goes, "No, I just can't. It's just it's just too much. It's too bad." And then he goes down with Robbie still still swinging. It 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 was slightly sad to watch. Yeah, it really was. It was yeah. Because like you said, you could almost see, it's just you could just see everything just fell out of him from that. And you, like Blake just said, it was only. I say only a jab. I mean, he's just spent 20 minutes getting jabbed in the head and whatnot. But yeah, as soon as he sort of put his hands up, it was it was almost just like you really felt for him, you know, when he went to the floor and it's kind mm. of like, yeah, you could just see his whole soul just leave his body. And it was, um, and then and then uh, Lawler just proceeds to dive on him and keep hitting him in it. I'm like, leave him alone. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the state of like uh, Rory McDonald's face here. But then as soon as the ref stops it and you see a jubilant Robbie Lawler turn round and scream yes you also notice then that Lawler's got another mouth yeah. like literally oh, lip, uh, is like yeah. the, the, a tear no straight through it. his lip no I would be like cause I, and also what I was thinking as well is actually, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me is, you know when they go to the corners when, they, when they're getting everything checked and they're getting these uh, what essentially are, are tea towels aren't they they're just towels and they're rubbing them across these open cuts and I'm thinking that must wreck <laughs> <laughs> I'd be sat there going, just be gentle. Come on, I'm <laughs> just dab, little dab. Yeah, just dab, let's dab it. But they're ripping it. 
but yeah, I remember seeing his lip and just thinking, oh my God, am I going home to your family? And they're just seeing that, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. Oh, there's this amazing photo after the fight that I yeah. think we should put up on our socials, Stu, of after that fight, the two of them are in hospital getting their checkups done and all that, and they're together, like, hugging after oh. this just amazing fight. I'll, I'll send it to you as well, Tom. It's, it's an amazing photo. Once you've watched that fight, that photo is amazing. It's incredible. And we'll put it up on the socials for people as well. I do love to see that... You know the the respect in 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 the sport and also in boxing because people don't realise how much respect actually goes into that. My my little brother Zach, he's eight years old, and I keep saying to my stepmom, you know, you should take, maybe take him boxing or maybe I can take him boxing, and she's worried, and I'm I'm saying. If anything, it will help him growing up to respect, you know, the respect that you've got to have for your coaches and and things like that. You know, it, it's and and I always love to see it. And sometimes, particularly with McGregor, you know, he had the whole thing going on with Khabib was the what the the big fight, wasn't it? Recently, you know, everything that's going on in there, and then you think, God, I hope you you wonder how real that is. And then at the end, I'm not sure if they did. Did they shake hands at the end of that fight, or did Khabib say? Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> No, there was a big scuffle. People ran in the cage, like a couple of Khabib's team ran in the cage by Connor. Khabib jumped out of the cage and went after Dylan Dennis, who was one of Connor's uh, cornermen. Uh, it was just the opposite. And I, I think that's gone down as one of the darkest kind of um, pre-fight press conferences and fight weeks and just one of the darkest kind of MMA. I know he went in. Really? Time. You know, he said things that he shouldn't have said. But, you know, because I, yeah. I always think, oh, you know, a lot of the times, because McGregor's very good at selling fights, isn't he? He's very good at selling fights. Oh, yeah. And that's what he does. Oh, but I, remember, the best. Yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing things in the news and the things that he'd said and on, on uh, Twitter and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I just remember hearing the things that he'd said and just thinking, Jesus, that's a bit far, that. So then when he went and beat him, it was kind of a bit bittersweet. You know, you're kind of a bit like, well, you deserved everything you got there. So... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope he's not listening and comes and finds me, McGregor. Jesus. <laughs> I reckon I'd take him anyway. I reckon I'd do McGregor. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we always like to sort of finish uh, the fight or flight, Tomo, by asking uh, guests if they were to have a scrap. Mm-hmm. We want to know the most important things uh, about your, your, your fight prep. We want to know what song you'd want to walk out to the yeah. Octagon to and what your fight name's going to be. Well, I was saying this to Blake. I'm kind of like, um, 
I would very much I'd come out to something very comedy, very, and I'd make them and something silly, almost like a there's like something like Baby Shark or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be, and then the, the, my opponent would be thinking, hang on, what's he's a bit of a he's not got much about in this lad, has he? And then as soon as I got to like the door of the octagon, then I'd, I'd throw it into like Zombie Nation or something. Some of they'd get me riled up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd sort of a bit of mix of both. I'd sort of very much, I'd be getting in their heads and I'd be thinking he's, you know, Thomas Turgus here. I don't think he's much cause he's got baby shark playing. And then I get to the, get to the door and then Zom- uh, zombie nation kicks in and then I'd, yeah, I'd be diving in and I'd get my adrenaline going. I think. I so think the cheers. crowd would love baby shark. I think they'd get so into it. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> They'll be standing there like this. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be the one that I reckon that would be an all-time classic walkout. If someone walks down to the cage to Baby Shark and all the fans are giving it the old... Oh, I tell you, if Dana, White, if Dana White takes this, I want some money from him. Otherwise, <laughs> will be trouble. And so, as they introduce you, what are they calling you? Well, I, I like to think... I, I mean, I, I haven't had a... a playground fight per se or a fight for a very long time now but when I was a kid I was a bit of a bit of a tear away um but I'm one of them fighters or used to be I mean I'll do anything to to win the fight I mean I'll be I'll be biting scratching I'll be gouging so I because I always think because if I'm having a fight with someone I'm not there to be friends with them I'm there to hurt them and get them away from me so I'm just a bit of a bit of a nasty fighter really um so I think I'd be called Thomas the Gouger Turgus Thomas Thomas the Eye Gouger Turgus I think I'd be (laughs) Yeah, I would like to do it in the voice of Bruce Buffer, but I'm afraid I'd sound like a a moron. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas the Eye Gouger Turgus walked out to Baby Shark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, incredible. Well, as we start to wrap this up, uh, Tomo, tell us what, what you're up to. What's happening? What am I up to at the moment? I mean, I'm just getting very, very good at Call of Duty, FIFA. I'm sort of yeah. getting, spending a lot of time playing those. Um, yeah, not. I mean, work-wise, there's nothing, um, nothing sort of set in stone at the moment, obviously because of COVID. Um, but I, I've been busy with re- the releasing of a f- few things that I've done. Um, there was a film that I did called Looted that was re- um, released sort of earlier on in the year or late last year. So I've been sort of busy with press for that. Um, Creation Stories, which is the Alan McGee film, um, so that's out on Saturday, the 20th of March, which I assume will already be out when this podcast's out, um, which is available on Sky Cinema. Um, I did a series for Sky One called Intergalactic, which is a, a drama set in outer space. Um, so that was very, very fun to do. So, yeah, and hopefully we can get to go back and do that again later on in the year for another series. But who knows? But, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's a bit unknown territory at the moment, isn't it? Because everyone's... Yeah on the back foot because it costs so much to start up all well, Blake, Blake on notice and, and used to that it costs so much money to get a set up and running. One case of COVID can just put a, a full stop to that at the moment. So it's kind of like, yeah. 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 Well, I've had three jobs postponed because of uh, COVID. So it's just, yeah. you know, it, it's a killer, but you sound like you've done loads of stuff going on. You start off going, oh, well, I'm doing this playing Call of Duty. And then you're like, but I've got this out and I've got yeah, this out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you check this out on Sky and we might be getting a second series of this. So, to be honest, Tom, you can fuck right off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that you're was giving all- it the old, I'm not working, and then you're listing off four projects. 
<laughs> that's is all pre-COVID. Since COVID started, I've not, I've, I've not been. You know, I've not been behind a camera that's not attached to my laptop like now. You know, for well, I, the job that I was on the, the the series that finished because of COVID, and it's like just starting to go a bit. I mean, I'm not the one that sat abroad filming now, Blake. You know, I'm sat in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I had to make my bed for this podcast because it'd be in the background. Yeah. Yeah, well, not- whereas I've got the lovely shots of the Kiev skyline back exactly. there. And stuff. Look at that, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Oh. Tomo, if people want to keep up to speed with all the upcoming projects, where's the best place for people to, to keep up to speed with you? Um, I mean, I, I do a lot of social media, uh, but mainly, Blake will know this, I'm used to, I just post photos of food and my wife, really. <laughs> I should, uh, my, my agent and stuff are like, maybe you should put a bit more work stuff on your Instagram. I'm like, nah. Because no one really cares. What, I've noticed that when I put work things on, no one really cares for it on Twitter. I can put, like, the poster for, for creation stories on Instagram and it can get however many likes, but as soon as I put, like, a Sunday dinner on there, everyone loses the shit. <laughs> <laughs> But I, just Instagram, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you Wonderful. know what you need to do with your free time, free time Tom, is, is watch a bunch of MMA. That's what exactly. you need to be doing, mate. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Absolutely. Exactly, yeah. No, thanks, lads. I really enjoyed that. It was good fun. Oh, yeah. thanks, lads, Tomo. It's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, cheers, boys. Take care. Ah, oh, there you go. Thomas Turgoose. How good was that? What a lovely bloke. Um, yeah, I love I love Tom. Great, great guy. And, uh, I mean, we didn't actually ask him, I just realised now, if he was fight or flight. But I kind of thought he was definitely on the side of, of fight. He, he, definitely. He enjoyed it. And, I, I mean, I actually remember, because I kind of thought he might be a big MMA fan, because during the Holloway Cater fight, which he mentioned... Uh, I was putting up stories and stuff about how excited I was with it and he messaged me saying oh what a fight that was blah 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 Uh, and I thought oh he might be a really big MMA fan let's get him on to talk that and then when I messaged him he was like oh I've only watched like a couple of fights I don't really know what I'm talking about so we've obviously got him on as a fight or flight guest but um but it was it was great and it's also really interesting hearing someone speak about the fight from from the perspective of someone that knows a, a tiny bit like Emily Head Laura Checkley we had on knew like nothing basically and he knew that tiny bit and you can see how much the Conor McGregor effect has had on the casual kind of like sports fan or combat sports fan because he seemed to know enough about Connor and enough about um, aspects of it and also had the assumption that Connor was probably the, the greatest fighter of all time, which we all know isn't true, but he is probably the most influential fighter of all time and obviously the most successful in terms of financial aspects of the game and obviously Superstar, still has a team. Yeah. A hell of a lot, yeah. Um, well, I, I guess that kind of wraps up today's episode. So just lastly um, thanks to you lot for listening Um, thanks once more to Tomo and if you see us on the socials we're on all three platforms give us a like love share retweet uh, and and all of that and we're recording again soon who's our next fighter that we've 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 hopefully got in the bag to uh, to come and chat like well, we, we hopefully have got Arnold Allen coming on. Uh, fingers crossed that all works out. <laughs> I hope it will, because I've unfortunately had to cancel on him because I had to go to Kiev. <laughs> uh, so uh, so that's not worked out as well as I hoped it would. Um, but yeah, but fingers crossed we've got Arnold Allen coming on very, very soon. 
um, yeah so and I'll be really excited about watching uh, uh, speaking to him because he hasn't fought in a while um, but he's a fantastic fighter I think he's ranked 11th maybe in the featherweight rankings in the UFC at the moment but I think he should be hot, higher but unfortunately he hasn't been as active and we'll find out more about why that is uh, in the chat absolutely Blake I'll see you next time mate bye mate